0: Good evening to everyone. Good to see you. Glad you decided to come back and be with us this evening. As always, we hope the things that we say will be beneficial, be helpful to you as we try to go, uh, grow closer to God uh, each and every day. Um, I was over here when they were taking uh, some were taking some of the food in, and I guess they're going to be discussing the... Uh, uh, recipe book tonight and uh, Barbara was telling us and we was talking to Chris about it. Chris Mayberry said that the men ought to taste everything before they put it in the cookbook. I think that's a great idea. I think that's exactly what we ought to do. You don't know, we, we want it to represent good. If it tastes bad, we'll tell you. If it tastes good, we'll tell you. Uh, uh, so I, I think that's a good idea. So y'all need to talk about that tonight and consider that. I think, I think that would be good. Um, someone once said, I'd rather be a could be if I cannot be an R, because a could be is a maybe who is reaching for a star. I'd rather be a has been than a might have been by far, for a might have been has never been, but a has was once an R. Uh, when you think about that statement, uh, it kind of goes along with our text tonight because we're going to talk about a has been who became an R. Um, we're going to talk about a great man, the adopted son of Pharaoh, which was Moses. You know, Moses, when you think about his life, um, he was a man destined for power and prestige until he saw a cruel Egyptian that was mistreating a Hebrew. So Moses struck the Egyptian, he killed him, and because of that he had to flee for his life. Now he fled to the desert, while well, he was in the desert, for 40 years he lived as a shepherd taking care of sheep that he didn't even own himself. So you think about Moses' life to that point. You know, you think about him you know, being put in a basket, you, you see that uh, uh, Pharaoh's daughter You know, found him there, raised him, uh, all the power and the prestige that went along with that. But it seemed he lost that within just a, a little time by some actions that he did. Now, there were some reasons for that. There's a purpose behind it. And we have the, the ability now and the privilege of being able to see that story played out. Um, but you think about how he must have felt fleeing Egypt. You, you think about maybe the despair that he felt, the fear that he felt. And think about him tending his father-in-law's sheep up on that hill... And what do you think he thought about? What do you think was going through his mind? I'm a failure? How did I end up here? What, what am I going to do with my life? Is this what my life is going to be like for the rest of it? You know, can, can you think of what, I mean, he didn't have the privilege of knowing what we know that how his life was going to be and the, the task that was going to be set before him. I, I think in his mind, maybe he was thinking, you know, I had it made there but now I'm here, and the Bible says he chose to give up those things. And, and we understand the, the attitude of Moses. We understand his character. But I think there had to be some despair there. I, had to, I have to think there has to be a little bit of sense of failure there. And as we see this, uh, someone once noticed that Moses spent 40 years in Egypt thinking he was a somebody... And he may have spent years in exile thinking he was a nobody. Thinking, how's my life going to turn out? Okay, I, 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 all this, what, what's going what's to happen now? Here's some choices i made. Here's some things that happened. What's going to happen to me now? And I think a lot of people, in some form or fashion, we, we find ourselves in that very situation. We find ourselves in a situation of thinking, okay, how's my life going to turn out? Something may happen in our life that may change the course of our life, and we may find ourselves in a, a totally different situation than we ever found ourselves in, and we think, how did I get to this point? Well, Was it supposed to happen this way? Uh, what am I going to do from here? I, I think there's a lot that could possibly uh, go through our minds. Now we see that he's 80 years old. Again, he lives in a tent out in the middle of nowhere. Maybe he... Uh, His prospects for the future are pretty well what he sees before him. But then we see that God comes in the picture once again. Moses here we see in uh, Exodus 3 and 10. He says, Come now therefore and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But notice verse 11. He says, Who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. Who am I? Now think about where he's at. Yeah, he he, he had power, he had prestige when he was in Egypt. Now he does not he's out here, he's tending sheep. That's not even his own sheep. And and God said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you to Pharaoh, tell him to let my people go. Who am I? You know, at one time, maybe I could have done it. At one time, maybe I was somebody. One time, maybe I could lead a, an, an army into battle and be effective. At one time, I was powerful. At one time, I may have had the confidence to do it. But who am I now? Who, who am I that uh, you would deem me worthy for this task? He said, I'm not worthy. Maybe he thought he was a failure. Maybe he thought what he was now was all that he was ever going to be. Maybe that was enough for him. And now God presents him with this challenge, and he says, I don't think I can do this. I'm not worthy to do it. I I stutter. I'm not well of speech. And really, I don't want to go. I, I don't want this task. I'm I'm not able to perform this task. I'm not able to do what you're saying you want me to do. Now, can you imagine being faced with that? Now, Now, think about his life up to that point. Think about all that he went through to get him where he is now. and He's up here with these sheep. He's took the sheep on the backside of the mountain and now he's, he, he, he's faced with God here uh, through the burning bush, and God tells him what he wants him to do. He don't want to do it. One, he don't want to, but two, he don't think he's able to. So what is he going to do? Does God need to convince him? Does he need to convince himself? Does he think he's just a nobody that's not worthy to do it? So why is God asking him, not really asking, telling him, commanding him, this is what you're going to do? Because God knew what he was capable of. But again, Moses didn't. He, he, He gave all these excuses of why he couldn't. And quite frankly, Moses was right. But he was also wrong. He was right in the fact he wasn't capable in his own eyes. He was right, he did stutter. He was right that he didn't really have a desire to want to do it. So he was right. And all these excuses he gave, he was right. He was actually saying, I'm not capable of doing it. So he was right on that part. But he was wrong on the part that he couldn't do it. Because with God, he was capable. God knew what he was capable of doing. And quite frankly, he didn't have to be capable. God was going to send him. God was going to provide him with the things that he needed. He was well equipped for the task that God had before him, even with all the things that Moses deemed that was wrong with him. But God already knew he could do it. God knew what he could face. Again, Moses, I'm not worthy. Well, really, who is? Who is worthy to do the things that God tells us to do. Romans 3, 23 tells us we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That included Moses. That includes us. Who is worthy? Who is capable? The things that really is set before us as as, as servants of God, who is really capable of doing it? You know, when verses that come to mind of, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. You know, I, I, I'm able, God is able to do for me far abundantly more than I could ask or think, uh, Ephesians 3.20. We, we could go through all of these verses and see it's not about our capability. It's about God and what God can do with who we are in the moment that we are that. Now, I think it's interesting that God didn't put this task before him why he had the power that he had in Egypt. Now we know that the king died, that then they got taskmasters that was harder on them. It says the prayers of, of the people had went up before God. But God could have done this while Moses was in, uh, uh, in Egypt, couldn't he? He could have done this where when Moses had the ear of Pharaoh. Of that Pharaoh. Hey, so there's a lot of ways God could have done this, but God waited till he was in exile, spent 40 years here tending these sheep, to where he's just out here. He's thinking, this is my life now. Then God presents him with this challenge. And Moses is stunned. I, 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 I can't do this. I, I, you know, I, I, there's, I, I mean, can you imagine, one, the reason that he was exiled to begin with, running for his life, a price, in essence, was on his head, But thinking, okay, I've got to go back to Egypt and stand before Pharaoh and tell him God said, when Pharaoh thinks he's God, and tell him to let these people go? I've got to do that? And that's what God has set before him. You see, God is in the business of fixing people who are broken. I think he's in the business of cleaning up the messes of our lives. He's in the business of taking that which is old and useless that we think and making it new again. And I think that's exactly what he's doing here for Moses because he knows again what Moses is capable of. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, when Moses is presented with this, when he's presented with this challenge of obeying God, serving Him, doing what God says to do, he's no longer who he used to be. He's no longer that. He's going through all these excuses, but I'm this. And I think we could use these excuses of serving God today, of being a Christian. Well, well, you don't know what I've done. You don't know the things that I've been a part of. You don't know all of these things. God knows exactly who we were. And He knows exactly what He can do with that. He knows what he's working with. You know, you you think about uh, the Apostle Paul before he obeyed Saul. When when he obeyed, I can almost picture God saying, when he obeys me, boy, he's going to do great. Because look how much effort and how much strife he has against me. When he starts working for me, he's going to be great. He knew what he was working with. Even when the apostles didn't. Even when they didn't want to have anything to do with him. He knew what he was working with. That's why he sent Paul to places that he did. God knew. God knew what he was capable of. God knew what he could do. And Paul even said to himself, I'm the chief of sinners. That's who I am. I'm one that has to buffet my body daily. That's who I am. I'm the one that's got a thorn in the flesh. That I pray to God daily, take this from me. But God knew who he was. So see, when we start thinking like Moses did and just thinking of who we think we are or who we know we were or what we think we're capable of, we've got to remember who we're saying that to. God knows us better than we know ourselves. And Moses had to realize that. Romans 8 and 1 says... Uh, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ, uh, Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. See, and that's what Paul said many times, and he had learned, he said, if you think carnally, if you think spiritually, and sometimes we just think of that as carnally is thinking bad, spiritually is thinking good, but we can think carnally to the fact of just the physical and say, I'm physically not able for this. I'm mentally not able for this. Here's what I'm seeing. Here's my environment. Here's what my capabilities are. I, I, I'm not capable of doing this. That's thinking carnally, isn't it? Instead of thinking what God sees in us, that God knows what we're capable of doing. Many times that's far beyond what we thought that we could. I think about this sometimes, I always kid, and say, my wife's design abilities here. My building ability is here. We can't ever seem to meet in the middle somewhere, you know. But I, but I know when there's times that she encouraged me, yeah, we can do this, we can do this. And sometimes when we build it or we do it, I'm thinking, wow, that actually worked. I didn't think I knew she had it in her. I didn't think I had it in me. You know, I, you look at these things and you think, okay, I, I didn't know what I was capable of. And then I look at some things and think, yep, I was right. <laughs> I couldn't do it. That's how we think, though, isn't it? We we just think on those terms of success. God knows exactly, and if there's something I can't do, He'll provide someone to help me to do it. And that's what He's going to do with Moses here. But the point is, Moses is at the point of his life where he thinks, I believe, this is it. This is what I've settled into. But God said, nope, (laughs) you've been settled long enough. It's time to get to work now. I've prepared you this long to do what is set before you. And that's the same thing he does for us. That's who we are. So here we have God choosing Moses to do something great. And Moses nearly turns him down because Moses doesn't think that he's capable. Can you imagine that, turning God down? No, I I can't do that. Can you imagine walking away from a burning bush that's not consumed, that's talking to you, and saying, nope, can't do it. I'm going to go on over here and start tending my sheep again. He almost turned him down because he didn't think he was capable. I don't know if you've ever seen. I'm sure most people have the movie uh, Ben Hur. I think it's back in the late 50s. I think is when it come out. But in this movie, I, that uh, I always like old uh, ones like that. Especially watching uh, some of those things. Some because how cheesy they are. But some it, it, it's pretty neat to watch. But they had a uh, a chariot scene. A big chariot scene. Uh, kind of climactic at the end, uh, toward the end of that movie. And it was said that Charlton Heston uh, spent five weeks learning how to drive a chariot and, 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 and practicing and, and going through it because he, he just wanted to get it just right. They had some uh, 15,000 extras that were, I mean, this was a big scene that was about to happen and he didn't want to blow it. But he goes to his stunt coordinator, and he says, you know, I can drive this chariot. I've I've been practicing, I'm practicing, I'm practicing. He said, but the problem is, I don't think I can win. And his stunt coordinator said, you just stay on the chariot. You do what you're supposed to. I'll see that you win. Why? Because it was in the script. (laughs) It was in the movie. It was in the movie he was going to win. But Charleston Heston kept saying, I'm practicing, I'm practicing, I'm doing this, I'm doing all this. I'm just not sure I can win. His stunt coordinator said, You do what you're supposed to do. You do what the script says. I'll see that you win because it's in the script. Read read a little bit farther. You're going to win. That's what we're talking about here. Now, I'm not saying you can take that and say, well, does that mean it doesn't matter what we do? God's got it all designed for us. Anyway, the plan he does, the script, he's got the script wrote out. He's got the plan. He says, you just follow the plan I'll see that you win. And that's exactly what he tells Moses here. If you look in uh, Exodus 3, starting at verse 19, he says, But I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, no, not even by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in its midst. And after that, he will let you go. You know what God's saying? You're right. You just keep doing. You go before him like I say to you, do, you say what I say to say, you do it just like I tell you to do it, I'll see that he lets them go. It's in the script, I'll see that he does it. You're right, you're, you're not capable of knowing that, you're not capable of doing that. He says, he's not going to listen to you during this, I'm going to have to show him me. But I still need you to go. I still need you to do your part, and that's what he still tells us today. We we may keep saying, "Well, I'm not sure I can do this. I'm not sure I can uh, handle this task. I'm not sure I can carry this out. I'm not sure I can do all that." He said, "You just do what you're supposed to do. I'll see that you get to the finish line. I'll see that you win the race. I'll see that you get the crown if you follow the script." If you follow what you should. See, he's not sending Moses out just willy-nilly. Okay, you just go, and I hope he listens to you, Moses. You give it your best shot, buddy. It's not that at all. See, that's what we think in our Christian life, that God just turns us loose and say, Okay, just have at it. Just do the best you can and just go along. No, we've got the plan to follow. It's just like fighting the battle. The victory's already won. We've got to do what we can do to make sure we're on the winning side. The victory's already won. Jesus already conquered death. It's already—it's already been. We just follow the plan now. But when I don't, maybe I just—maybe I fall off the chariot. Maybe I jump off. I get scared. I get worried. Then it's gonna be something different because I'm not doing my part. Moses here has to do his part. He has to do what God sets before him. Jeremiah 29:11 says, "I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future," he says to Israel. And then in Ephesians, we read a few moments ago, Ephesians 2:10, God promises us, "We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand" that we should walk in them. Now listen to what he says. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's what we're created for, which God prepared beforehand. Now a lot of people like to read this and some other passage and get into predestination, and once saved, always saved, and you don't have any choice in the matter. <clears throat> All this, that's not what this verse says. God has the plan before us, before He created us. The plan is already there, and He created us for good works within that plan. That's what we're created for, that we should walk in them. And we talked about that this morning in our Bible class. John 3, 16, that we should not perish. Uh, With Cain this morning, sin is crouching at the door. You should rule over it. There's no reason we shouldn't be saved. There's no reason we shouldn't rule over sin. And there's no reason we shouldn't walk in the plan knowing we're created for good works. Now I can use all the excuses that I want to. But it doesn't change the fact God knows I can do it. He won't ask me to do something I can't do. He said, here's the plan. Here's your part within that plan. Now your part may be different than mine because your abilities and opportunities may be different than mine. but the plan's the same. The destination's the same. We got to stay on the plan. We got to stay on the narrow road, the, the, the narrow gate, the one way, the one door. that doesn't change. but we all have a responsibility within that plan. just like Moses. He's got a responsibility in this plan that God has set before. God had this plan out before Moses uh, ever was up on that mountain talking to that bush. Now Moses has to come to grips with it. He has to realize what he is capable. Uh, I mean, think about it. Uh, like we said with, uh, uh, about Paul, you know, different things. Is God just up there saying, boy, when he obeys me, she obeys me, look what they're gonna do. Look what they're be, look at the plans that I have for them. Are we part of that plan? Think about it. It's like having a, uh, a new baby. Think about this. When, uh, uh, when that family's preparing for that baby to come, you get all the things. You get the crib, you get the changing table, you get, you get the room ready, you get all the toys ready, you have all the things, you've got all of these things prepared. For this child, and this child is born, and and you have all of these things here, and this child can't do nothing but ooh and ah and go to the bathroom. That's basically all it can do. It can't do anything. It's not capable of really anything else, right? But we've got all of these plans for it. All of these plans are are for this child. You you, you, You lay out these things, you have all these things to help it as part of its life before it's even capable of doing it. Reckon God does that for us. Reckon He's got these things laid out before we're even capable of doing them. Now, am I going to stick with that plan? Does things happen along the way and plans, we think plans don't work out like they should. Well, why don't they? What, what, What changes? Was it me? Was it God? Was it situation? You know, we have all of this before us, and, and we think, and I think sometimes, and I, myself included, I think sometimes we're, we're afraid to touch on these things because we think it sounds too, uh, uh, too much like a denomination of, oh, God's got the plan out, it's all up to God. It's all, And then what we do is we back off so much that we don't give God credit for anything. We don't think He's got any plans whatsoever, that He, he don't have anything to do with it. If He doesn't have anything to do with it, why do we pray to Him? Well, what's the purpose of praying if we don't think he's going to do anything? What's the purpose of having that connection if we don't think he's going to do anything? Of course he's going to do anything. Of course he's going to be a part uh, of our lives. We may not know what that something is that he wants us to do, but as we strive to grow closer to God, I think the more we grow closer to him, the more we can realize what he has in store for us. Maybe we miss out on a lot of things because we're not growing closer to it. Maybe we miss out on the things that he has set before us because we're not striving to do it. We're too busy back here thinking of excuses, thinking of what's, what's happening, think about what's going on, when we should be thinking about how can I learn all that I can about God and His Word, so I can know what my good work is that He created me for. What, what my abilities are. My abilities are far beyond what I think they are that I'm able to do through Him. Now, what I was able to do through me is very little. What I'm able to do through Him grows quite a bit, doesn't it? And many times we don't think of it in those terms. God has a plan for our life. Again, neither you or I are worthy or capable to do what he's planned. We've sinned. we're not worthy, we we may think we're not capable, but that's why Jesus came. We weren't worthy for him to come. We deserve death, but he came to give us life. And he came to give it to us more abundantly. So if it's about what I deserve, if it's about what I'm capable of, if it's about what I'm worthy of, then I I won't be able to do it. But it's not about that, it's about him. A man by the name of John Newton, he had been a a foul and evil man. He was a sailor who had bought and sold slaves with little concern for their lives. But then he uh, come across some things that got him thinking more about God and spiritual things. And this is what he said. He said, I'm not what I ought to be, I'm not what I want to be. I'm not what I hope to be in another world, but I still am not what I once used to be. And by the grace of God, I am what I am. Now think about that statement. To me, that's a pretty profound statement. I'm not what I ought to be. I think that's all of us, isn't it? We're we're not what we ought to be. He says, I'm not what I want to be. I think that's all of us. He says, I am, but I am not, or, and I am not what I hope to be, but I still am not what I used to be. See, that's the difference. I think, I think that's a true statement. I think we've got to realize we've not yet obtained, and I think that's what Paul says many times. I'm still reaching forward. I've not yet obtained what I'm supposed to obtain. I'm still striving for that. But I've, I count as rubbish those things that are behind me I count as lost those things, Paul says, and I reach forward to the things that are ahead. And I think that's how we need to view our lives. Whether it's successes that we think we had or whether it's failures that we think we had, that's in the past. Remember, we're new creatures now. It's not about the success I had before or the failures I had before. It's about who I am now and who I know that God wants me to be and knows I can be. If we would just get out of our own way. That's the problem. I think we hinder it. We hinder uh, uh, God's accomplishments through us because we're not willing to do it because, again, we're thinking carnally and not spiritually. All this leads up to this. I um, heard someone say, as I was looking through some things about this, uh, they said when it comes to Moses, I read a thing They said, when it comes to Moses and the burning bush, it says, without God's fire, it was only a bush. And when I seen that statement, I thought about that for a minute. You know, when it comes to this bush that Moses was talking to, do you think he'd seen that bush before, or seen a bush like it before? Just an ordinary bush, one that he'd probably seen many times. But yet, now something was different. In Exodus 3, beginning at verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. Again, it was just a bush, a common, ordinary bush, a bush that Moses probably had seen many times and hadn't gave it a second thought. But it wasn't the bush that got Moses' attention. It was the fire that wasn't consuming the bush that got his attention. Now, here's how it applies to us, I think. On the outside, you and I appear to be just ordinary, don't we? When, when I become a Christian, when I come up out of those waters and that culminating act and I start walking in the light as he is in the light, do I look any different than I did before? Am I prettier? Am I uglier? Am I, you know, what, <laughs> Mike shaking his head, yes, sir. It's like I told a lady one time, uh, when I baptized her, it had all this sediment in the bottom and stuff, and I, I was kind of ashamed of it, the place we was at, because it was, it was dirty in the bottom. But did, and it stirred all that up, and it settled down. She, she got up, she'd come up out of the water, she said, what's all that? And I said, that's all that sin that washed off of you. Look how clean you are now. You know, boy, it just tickled her desk. She said, boy, was dirty, wasn't I said, filthy, filthy. You know, look at all that sin now. <laughs> You know, but we come up as new creatures, right? We're no longer the same, but we still look ordinary. It's it's not like something has happened where the world just automatically looks at us and now we look totally different. On the outside, we still look the same. You know, we're we're, we're still ordinary, but something has changed. Something has changed on the inside, hasn't it, that's going to make our actions be different on the outside. That's going to make individuals look at us and say, okay, that's Ronald. He, he, he's ordinary like he always been, but something's different about him. Something, something's going to make somebody take a second look by my actions or my words or, 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 or something that's happened now in my life because I'm a different person. That, that's what Moses is seeing here. And I think that's what we've got to realize. It, it, it's what's inside of us. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19 says, do not quench the spirit. In other words, do not put out the Spirit's fire. Now now we've got something inside of us. Now something's different. 1 Corinthians 2.10 But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So how do I get that? How do I get that, that, that fire on the inside? How do I get that, that fire that we, we don't need to quench or put out? We just look ordinary, but now there's something different that's inside. Well, Acts 2.38, Peter said, Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Something's different about us now. We come up out of that water a new creature. We've received the gift of the Holy Spirit. We've we've got remission of our sins. Those sins are washed away. We're a new creature. We're not like we used to be. The past is gone. All my failures, all my successes that I thought, that's gone now. That's that's different. I'm looking forward now. I, I don't look at my own abilities, I don't look just at what I'm capable of. I need to say, Here I am, send me. I don't know what I can do, but I can do it. Because I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So again, how does this apply to us? It may be in initially obeying God. By repenting of our sins, confessing that Jesus is the Son of God, being baptized for the mission of those sins, and walking in newness of life. You may be thinking, but I'm not capable of that. I'm not capable of following that through. I'm not capable of continuing to do that. You know, what if I can't? You know, it's always the what ifs. You know, I'll do it when I get my life straight. Can you imagine Moses doing that? Well, God, I'll do this for you, but you know, I've been tending sheep, I've been laying up here on this mountain, I've got a little pudgy around the middle. Let, Let me get my life together. Let, let, let me, you know, go do a few exercises, do some CrossFit for a little while, get in shape where I look manly enough to go stand before Pharaoh. Let me do all these things. I'll get back to you in a little. You know, he he, he, he could have done that. But see, we, we, that's what we think when we come to God. Let me get myself together. Let me get these things worked out. Let me get my life together. When I get things straightened up, I bet I've heard that, I don't know how many times somebody say, let me get my life straightened up. I always tell them the same thing. You'll be straightened out, flat, before that ever happened. We can't straighten it up ourselves. If we could, Jesus didn't need to come. I'm not capable of it. I'm not worthy of it. Many times we don't even think we need to till we come face to face with our Lord and Savior. Then we realize we were in darkness. Maybe we didn't know we were in darkness. Look at the Egyptians. I mean, look at the Israelites, all the things they had to learn even with the Exodus. They wanted to go back. They forgot how bad the dark was. They weren't capable of of, of surviving out here now. How are we going to do this? How are we going to survive? How are we going to eat? How are we going to have water? The same one that delivered you is going to do that. He wouldn't have delivered you if he didn't think he was capable of carrying out the plan just had to follow it. So maybe you're here tonight and you don't think that you can do that. Trust me, you can. But not by yourself. God is instructing you. God is helping you. God is going to... He's provided a a church body to help encourage you to get through it. Because we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. See, that's what happens. We do those things, but the world starts coming in front of us, we start thinking, this Christian life, I just don't know if I'm capable. I don't don't know if I'm up to this task. I don't know if I'm up to that task. Well, I may not be, but me and Mike and Jimmy may be together or me and somebody else. I may not be up to the task by myself, but it's presented before me. I may have the opportunity that's presented to me, but then I've got the help with me collectively to help me carry it out. Or I may be the one that somebody else has the opportunity, but I've got the opportunity to give them that nudge or push. That's what we're all here together for. That's why he sent Aaron with Moses. There are some things that that Moses needed help with some encouragement with, some uh, 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 that little nudge, that little push. We do too. I don't want somebody that's going to push me down. And stomp on me when I'm down, I want somebody that's going to help me up and give me that push. You know, sometimes we we can't get up on our own there. We need some help. Are we there to help give that push?